0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please stand with me if you would. We are excited that you are here. Where I'm so excited I couldn't even say the word correctly. So that was hick for I'm excited. So if you looked up on their screen, you're like, "Man, I didn't give a picture, you can thank that to wonderful Allie Townsend. She uh, knows how to take stuff off the Internet, so be careful. But we'll be doing it again, and uh, we want you to know that. If you'd open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter four, verse 16, today, simply don't hold back. Sometimes we have a tendency to want to hold back our love, don't we? Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe there's been a tragedy, we just don't wanna put ourselves in the line of fire again, but I wanna encourage you this morning, not to hold back. Now we're going to read first from the Apostle John and then we're going to lead, read later from the Apostle Paul. But it's important that we start here with the Apostle John. The Apostle John is the one whom Jesus loved. He's the one that laid his head on, on Christ's chest and had a very great relationship with him. So I think he knows something about love. And here he's writing in his book and he says, So we have come to know and to believe that love, believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Amen? That's good news. Let's bow. Father, thank you for your grace. Let your spirit be in the place. Open up our hearts and our lives to what you want to say. Use me this morning, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone says, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor. Thank you so much for whatever device you're tuning in. We love you guys, and we're excited that you're a part of this. I was telling Randy, I leaned over to him earlier, and I said, I don't know what Tanner's talking about not having any trophies, man. My wife has a trophy. She has a trophy husband, and it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that went off way better than I thought it was going to be. I fear to be boo. My wife's at home. I love you. I really, really do. Did I mention that I love you? So she's, she's not feeling super great today. But I would, I just want to welcome you. And if you're a guest, thank you so much. One thing that we covered around here is babies and marriage, right? Kids and youth and just life in general. And today, as we talk about love, we want to know that God is the source of love. And any kind of love that you're looking for, you cannot go outside of the bounds to find it. You're looking towards God. And we're going to find that out. The first thing that will solidify is God is concrete and He is love. Now, we don't have the absolute definition of God. We cannot put God in a box. Amen. We can't do those type of things. But we do know that He gives us a glimpse of some things. And then we're going to look towards the Apostle Paul as He leads us and tells us that if we'll allow love to lead in some areas, we'll be much better off and here John begins with this enormous statement so we have come how many of you guys know that love is a process can I get an amen, amen. one person put it like this instantaneous love is kind of like falling into a ditch it happens all of a sudden and it's intense but the ending is never what you expected and that's pretty much how instantaneous love well, I just met them and I fell in love with them well you better get to know them a little bit first but love will make you do funny things. This is what one poet, uh, one author wrote. I climbed up the door and I shut the stairs. I said my shoes and I shook off my prayers. I shut off the bed and climbed into the light all because of a goodnight kiss. Yeah, it'll make you do funny things, won't it? That's what love makes us do. But we're going to talk a little bit about romantic love, but we also know that God is the source of love. And it's a, God is the source that we cannot obtain it. It's something that goes past what we can understand. But we know what God is saying. And, and John is saying here, so we've come. There's a process. One of the things that we teach here at Ray of Hope is the Christian walk is a process. If you think of the Christian walk as a pool, one of the things that pastor reassures me and he teaches me all the time is, Matt, it's a pool. Some people are in at the stairs and some people are in at ankle deep and some are at knee deep and waist deep. Some go ahead and get over their heads and some are at the deep end and they're really experiencing some things. But nonetheless, it's not a matter of where you're at. It's a matter of progress, but it's a matter of being in the pool. Can I get an amen? We're not here to judge that, but it is a process. And that's what the Apostle John is saying. I've come to this place so that we have come to. And then he goes, what have we come to? We've come to know and to believe. See, to really build up love and the love for God and the love that is found in God, we have to know him, amen? We have to study. We have to go seek him. We have to ask him questions, But we also have to believe. And the more we know about God, the more we believe. If your belief is not where you want it to be, all you have to do is begin to know more about God. Because what you'll find out is his character is tried and true. He is faithful, he is just, and he will carry it out. Amen? But we want to know, and then we believe. And then finally, at the end of that sentence, the love that God has for us. And you got to love that part. So we know and we believe what? The love that God has for us. Now, the very next line says what? God is love. So what is the love that God has for us? It's himself. Because if it was anything besides himself, he would be an idolater. Because it says, there are no other gods before me. Behold, there is one God. In the New Testament, it talks about Jesus when he comes to earth and he says, it's Emmanuel, God with us. So the love is seated in God. It's who he is. So whenever he says, God is love, he solidifies this. I was talking to the teenagers the other night, and I was saying, we wonder, what is love? What has love got to do with it? We hear all these songs and these taglines and these movies. Well, here, we see through the word of God. We know what love is. We can pinpoint it. God is love. Now, can we contain God? No, but it gives us a glimpse of what love is. I was talking to my youth Wednesday night, and I was saying one of the major things that's dangerous is dating a person who is not saved. And I said, because if God is love, the only proper way to love is through God. And if nobody has God in their life, then although they think they know how to love properly, they really don't know how to love property because God is love. Right. So we've established that and we know that, that it's a process. And the more you grow, the more you know, the more you believe, the more you have love for God. Not only do you love him, but he puts his love in you so we can go out and give it to the world. Amen. And that's what we're celebrating. Over Valentine's Day, there will be the romantic love with your spouses and things like that. But we also know that we recognize kids and things like that, right? That it's it's a day to celebrate love. And then we finally get to that part God is love and the rest of that sentence and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And you gotta love it since God is love then that means whoever abides in love abides in God and the next great part is that means that God lives inside of us. So if you're thinking I need more love well what you really need more of is God. So whenever we seclude ourselves, whenever we get ourselves into our quiet time whenever we do the things that's necessary to build up that faith, amen? What we do is we find out we get more of God. Now, if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 6, I, I won't read these, these verses, but I, I want to take a minute for a glimpse. And if you're wondering out there, I wonder if this person loves me. I wonder if I'm showing love. God gives us a glimpse. In some ways, these are the fruits of having that true love. And as, as you look over verses 4 through 6, we see that some of the fruits of love is patience and kindness. Love celebrates. Now, this does not mean that love celebrates whatever you want to become or whoever you want to be. In our culture today, we have that celebration where we're just here to celebrate because somebody has actually found themselves. No, that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about within the bounds of the Bible. It says love does not envy. Love does not, is not boastful. Love is not rude. And what it's talking about is whenever somebody finds success within the confines of the word, whenever somebody finds success because the blessings of God are in their life, we get to celebrate with them. It's not boastful. Have you ever been around one of those guys or gals that you've shared a blessing with and they got to share a better blessing, kind of one-up you a little bit? Well, that's not love. Love celebrates, Today is your day, we're gonna celebrate you. We're gonna celebrate what God has done in your life. Real love edifies, it, it, it provides peace and forgiveness. Real love loves truth. It doesn't create its own truth, but it loves truth. It protects and trusts, it always hopes and it endures till the very, very end. And here we see a glimpse of love. Now this is not a concrete definition because we can't, God's, some of God's mysterious, Amen. His ways are not my ways. I can't think like he thinks. Now, we try to do the best we can, but here it provides us with what Paul is trying to give us as a glimpse. We can have these, and if we can use them as red flags, and if somebody says that they love you, or you're trying to love somebody, yet you don't have these fruits, according to Scripture, you're not walking in the love that God is because God is love. But Paul backs up. I want to back up a little bit, and I want to start at the chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians and we're going to take these three scriptures because I believe what Paul is showing us, the value of love, that nothing's more than, more valuable than love, than God, because he is love. And if we will allow love to lead us in three different areas, I believe that our life would be so much easier, and we begin to see the fruits of what God wants to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we see verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. And what he's saying here is, listen, if you could have an amazing ability to communicate. You could communicate with anybody on the earth at any time, anywhere. But if you don't do it in love, all you sound like is a gong. All you sound like is cymbals clanging together because he's trying to show us here that love should lead our message every one of us has a message now we know that we have the message of Jesus Christ on the inside of us but we also know that sometimes have you guys ever just wanted to say something give a message to somebody have you ever want to give a message to your husband or wife your neighbor's kids come on now <laughs> I'd love to give a message to those dudes <laughs> But if it's not given in love, then you're that, that sounding gong that, that clings back and forth. Every one of us probably in this room has been witnessed to it at one point or another. And you can tell within the first 15 seconds whether that person is witnessing to you is doing it to check it off the list. If that's all they're doing is to check it off the list to say that I've witnessed to somebody, a symbols go off on your ear and you don't have any time for it. And a lot of times you can spot that person as they're walking up to it, can't you? But when that person's there in love and really asking you questions and trying to lead you to a point, all of a sudden you begin to tune in. And that's what Paul is saying here. Why is he saying that? Because it's the love with the message that makes the message. The message doesn't make the message. It's the love with the message that makes the message. Now, whenever, whenever this, this really happens, helps us out because in relation to God, have you guys ever struggled to find the right words in your prayer room to pray? Have you ever struggled to say, God, I've got this stuff on my heart and I just can't get it out? And then you're worried, have I communicated it in the right way? And here Christ takes the pressure off of us because in scripture it teaches us for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and where our heart is, there where our treasure be also. So now it lifts us up and now instead of having conviction or condemnation rather over having the right words that I express myself, now I'm led by the conviction I'm led by the concern that whenever I get into my room with God, God, did I honor you? Did I honor you with my praise? Did I honor you with my worship? Did I honor you with my words? In other words, whenever I get into my prayer room, my major concern is, God, did you feel like my treasure? Because where my heart is, there's my treasure. So I don't always know the right words to say. I don't always know know, know even how to say what I'm saying or how to feel like I'm feeling. But God, when I get down on my knees and I lift my arms up or whatever it looks like for you, God, I want you to know that you're my treasure. Because words always reveal the heart, don't they? Words always reveal the heart. And we know that as we read scripture here, we know that this is a principle, but we know that the wonderful thing is that we can apply that to our everyday life, to our person it's not sometimes we read this as we read other books and if we're not careful we kind of read it as a suggestion and it's not it's a principle where our treasure is there is our heart now the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks it's not a suggestion that's actually how it is so you're trying to reach somebody that you know with the message and i want to say don't hold back don't hold back with love that leads the message that you have for them but make sure it's the love that can only come from God because God is love. And you don't want to lose that opportunity to to share the message. But let me talk to the single people here for just a minute. What Paul is warning you about is speech. You get around that person that you love and they make you feel so good. Oh, you're the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Your muscles are so big, I just feel so safe around you. They make you feel like you're the only person in the room. They'll write you a song and quote you poetry and you're just like floating on air. This is what Paul says. He says, be careful about that. Just because you know how to speak well doesn't mean you know how to love well. Just because we speak well doesn't know, mean we know how to love well. We fast forward in some relationships where people have been captured just by Language. And this is from my heart, but we, and it gets abusive, it gets possessive, it gets ugly, it gets mean. And that person does whatever they're going to do to you, and then they come back and tell you how much they love you and how beautiful you are and how they care about you and how they'll never do it again. And then what happens? You don't believe them anymore. It becomes gongs in your ears and clinging cymbals because you know they're going to lie. Because it's just words. And that's what Paul is saying here. You have a message but it must be led by love or it turns into that. It turns into that situation where people are wanting to listen but they can't because actions doesn't follow those words. And have you ever, if you've ever had that message for your husband or for your wife or maybe you want to talk to parents, you're asking, how do I do this? Well, you go back and you get more of God because God is love and he'll give you the love to deliver your message but the message must be led by love. And this is the thing about the message, it's not about length, is it? Jesus is sitting beside the woman at the well, a famous story in John chapter four and 26, and he goes down this list of things that, that she's doing, and to, to kind of condense it here, he goes, listen, I know you're not living right. Your theology is messed up. But he begins to place value in her, begins to tell her the things about her life. And then at the very end, he has this message in John chapter four, Verse 26. Because she really wanted to know the Messiah. She goes, I want to know this man. And this is what he says, I who speak to you am he. That was his message that he gave in love. And it rattled her so much that she went back to her village and began to tell everybody, listen, you got to come meet this guy. you got to come meet him. Because he led with love with this message. How about the woman with the issue of blood? Such a familiar story, and and, and they're in a big crowd, and the disciples are trying to hold the crowd off. And in some ways, I think the crowd was just there to kind of see rock star Jesus. They weren't really there for a whole lot of other. And the disciples are pushing out of the way. And they believe that woman with the issue of blood, some scholars believe that she could have easily drug herself on her belly to get to where she needed to be just so she could touch the hem of his garment. And his message to her was this, who touched me? Short message, but it led with love, to the point where she ran up and threw herself at Christ's feet and said, this is all I've done, this is who I am, this is what's going on. Because the power of leading with love means there will be change. The other day, or last night, I say the other day, we're having, we're having uh, brisket nachos at my house tonight for my Super Bowl party. Didn't that sound good? I'm excited about it. So I've been smoking some meat yesterday, smoking meat, I want to make sure I clarify there. And I'm in the kitchen doing my thing and Callie comes up beside me. She knows I've been working all day and she looks at me and she goes, Dad, you've done a really good job smoking meat today. I said, Dad, I have. And it made me feel good because it was a short message but it was from the heart. See, for that moment I felt like her treasure because she recognized what was going on. Husbands it's, and wives, it's when you sit down with your spouse, you sit down with that loved one and they've had a crummy day and things have seemed to hit them from right to left. And it's not a very long message, but it's the message. And you look at them, you say, I'm listening, what's going on? It's that loved one or that person that you're holding their hand by their bedside. And you don't want to be there and they don't want to be there and there's a lot of pain and people are sick and you don't want it and you just simply say, I'm here for you. Short message, major impact. It's not the length of the message, it's is it led with love? Because words reveal our heart. And we don't want to hold back from what Christ is trying to speak through us. But we don't want to hold back in our prayer time so we get more of God because God is love. But with the message always comes influence and that's where we find Paul leads us to the next place. Verse two of chapter 13 first corinthians if i have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge and if i have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love i am nothing and he's saying something very very powerful he said listen if i could tell about future events if i could reveal all the mysteries of god if i could get you to a place where you could understand everything if my faith is so strong i can move mountains but apart from love i am nothing And it's interesting because all those things will make you something. That will make you a rock star in the church world and in the world world, won't they? And Paul brings us back and he says, it doesn't matter if I can do all of that. It doesn't matter if, if I can do things that amazes people. If I do it without love, then I am nothing because God is love. That means if I'm doing it without love, I'm doing it without God. An influence without lo- love looks a whole lot like manipulation, doesn't it? An influence without love can lead us to manipulation. So what do we do? We, we try our best to lead ourselves in love. Because we go to our prayer time, we go to that place and we say, God, I recognize that I have influence over people and you've given me this influence, but I don't want to use it for my agenda. I don't want to use it for the things that would just benefit me. I want to use it for a spot, God, where your name can be known. People can find you. People can fall in love with you. Lives can be restored. But that always happens because we lead with love. So we don't hold back from Christ. We become more like him. And we go into those quiet spots and become more like him. Whenever Paul says, I am nothing, he's cluing us in on something. You can go to your household and share your vision with them and say, Guys, I've got a wonderful vision. You could go to your wife, you could go to your husband, you could go to your kids and say, I know where I want us to be in five years. But without love, it doesn't do any good. You could go up and say, listen, 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 kid, listen, daughter, listen, son, I, I, I want to unravel some mysteries for you in the future here. You're going to be facing some things, and if you'll listen to me, I think I can save you a little bit of time. I think I can save you a little bit of money. But if we do that and it's not led by love, then we become that gong. Our influence doesn't matter because it's not led by love. You can even go up to him and say, listen, I have been where you're about to go and I can tell you some things. But if it's not in love, then they have a hard time and they begin to shut us out. You can even go up to that person here and say, listen, I have faith that you're going to make it. I know that you're strong enough, that you're tough enough that you can do this. But if that conversation is not led with love, then that person feels like they're nothing. And this is the reason why. Because whenever the objective becomes greater than the person, it always belittles the person. It's much more beautiful when you arrive together, isn't it? If you're trying to climb the peak of finances and you've got to get up to the top, if you're trying to climb the peak of health and you're climbing that mountain, if you're trying to salvage a marriage and it looks like a mountain and you keep climbing, the view is always better when you get to the top when you're with the person you started with. But without love, we begin to grow impatient. We begin to judge people, don't we, on accident. And we're telling them that we believe in them, but what they're feeling because it's not led in love is they're really not where they're supposed to be. And if they were where they were supposed to be or where I thought they were supposed to be, then maybe I would love them a little bit more. But that's not how God works. Because true love celebrates progress. And they may not be where I want them to be. Your kids may not be where you want them to be. They may not be doing exactly what you want them to do, but let's find that progress and celebrate that. Yeah, your spouse is maybe not where you want them to be. Chances are you're not where your spouse wants you to be either. (laughs) But we find what we celebrate. We find that truth, we find that growth. And we don't hold back and we're patient because it's much more beautiful when we get there together. And if we're trying to climb the mountain, if we're trying to do all the things that Paul mentioned, but we do it without love, then we'll arrive at a place. The sad part is we'll be by ourselves. And in that process, we accidentally make people feel like nothings. And we want to guard ourselves and say, "No, you are somebody. What you bring to the table is important. Your gifts are important to us. Your love that you have for people is needed not only in this church but in this world. It's needed in the family. it's needed in the friendship. Amen. And then we arrive together to see the scenery. As we continue, we see a third part here. We see this part of how our sacrifice has to be led by love. Paul is writing in verse 3, If I give all I have possessed to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. He changes his wording here. Before, he says, I am nothing. And why? Because God is love, and if I don't get to the place with the right love, then I don't, get to place to, I don't get to the right place with God. And Paul has come to a conclusion that if God is not a part of it, then I do not want to be a part of it. He's come to a conclusion that if I've arrived somewhere and I've left God behind because I've gone a different direction, it doesn't matter if I can tell the future. It doesn't matter how wise I am. It doesn't matter how rich I am. None of that stuff matters because I am nothing apart from my Lord and Savior. So there he's talking about I am nothing. But here he says, I gain nothing. Because every time we bring sacrifice to the table, we want to gain something, don't we? Sure. Yeah, sure. We're, we're doing it for a purpose. We're doing it for God to move, or God has laid it on our heart, and we're trying to get to that next position, whatever it is, but we're, we're laying down something and sacrificing it and saying, God, we're believing for you to move. And Paul really pulls us in here. He says, listen, you could give away everything that you have, You could even give your body to be destroyed for the cause of Christ. But if you do it without love, there is no gain. Sacrifice without love is loss. But sacrifice led by love is gain. Sacrifice that's only because I have to and there's no love involved equals loss but sacrifice that's led by love is gain i think of the wonderful story in acts chapter 7 verse 60 and we're very familiar with it many of us are it's the apostle stephen it's stephen being martyred and he is a young man and he is speaking incredibly They have kind of got him on this kind of kangaroo court and they're kind of putting him in this trial that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And they're drilling him and asking him questions and he's answering it back. And he's answering it back with so much truth that it cuts the people to the heart. That means it brings conviction on those people who are asking him questions because they know that he's telling the truth. And what is he speaking about? That Jesus Christ really is who he says he is. And that our sins killed him. And in Scripture it says that these guys are cut to the heart, these Jewish leaders are cut to the heart, and they're so enraged with anger because remember, anger is the opposite of love. And these Jewish leaders, the only thing they know about is their message, their influence, and their sacrifice, but none of it is led by love. It's all because this is what we have to do. They're constantly using their influence to gain ground. They're constantly sacrificing so people can see that they're sacrificing. And their message is that you're less than I am because I can do more for God than you can. And Stephen's saying you've got it all backwards. That's not how this works. And they're so enraged with anger that they begin to pick up stones and they begin to hurl them at Stephen. And it's what we call a stoning and his life is about to come to an end. And in the scripture it says that he hits his knees and he cries out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And we see an act of sacrificial love. We see an act of sacrifice that's led by love. He didn't ask to be in the position that he's in like many of you. You weren't asked to be in the position that you want to be in. You didn't want to sacrifice what you're having to sacrifice, but nonetheless, you're there. But yet it was Stephen that said, I'm gonna let love lead this, and he begins to pray for those who are about to kill him. And he says, God, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then he hits his knees, and, or he hits his knees, and then he says that, and then he falls asleep. And then we look back to the cross on Luke chapter 23, verse 34, and we see the very same thing from our Lord and Savior, don't we? He's on the cross, and blood's dripping to the ground. He's been beaten and mocked and stripped naked and made fun of and all the horrible things that we read about in Scripture. Yet he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we see yet another act of sacrifice that is led by love. Because whenever our sacrifice is led by love, it will always mean gain. If we think about the story of Stephen, we hear that story generation after generation after generation, year after year after year. It encourages us to know that it might cost everything, but we can continue in the spirit of love, amen? Amen. And if you know that story very well, I was thinking about this. If you know that story very well, then you know that Paul, the very man that we're reading out of 1 Corinthians today, chapter 13, he's writing this about love. Before he gets saved later, he's known as Saul. And in this passage with Stephen, he's actually holding the cloaks. That means he's holding the jackets of the young men who are stoning Stephen. And my question that I ask is this. Was it his death that caused him to change? Or was it the love that maybe he's never seen before? Think about this. Saul at that time, he would have seen sacrifice. He would have known death. I mean, he was pulling people right and left out of their houses. He, he would have known what the message sounded like. He would have known how to use his influence. He would have known how to do all that stuff. But then there's this one point where he sees Stephen fall to his knees, and he's not mad, he's not angry. He's letting the love lead him to that point where he says, God, forgive him. And I wonder what kind of impact that had on Paul. I wonder that deep impact that, that causes you to walk away and begin to think about your life. You know what I'm talking about? It's in the depths of the night when nobody else is there, and you're staring at the ceiling and you're just making sure that what I'm doing is what I need to be doing. And if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm bringing that to the Lord to ask Him to change it. And I wonder if Paul didn't have one of those types of moments where he saw love lead the sacrifice, and it was much gain. It still cost him his life, but love led the sacrifice. As he fell asleep, it cost him his life. And then I implement that into our life, into my life. And I think so many times, maybe it's more simple than I make it. Maybe when my wife asks me to do the dishes, maybe it's just an attitude adjustment and I do it anyways. Maybe when it's my turn to take out the trash, I don't rip the trash can out of the cabinet and throw the bag and do all, come on now. Well, that sounds so silly. Well, it depends on what spirit you're in whenever you're doing that kind of stuff. Well, that's a small sacrifice. You're absolutely right. But it prepares us for those bigger sacrifices. If I'm going to complain about the trash, why do I think God's going to put me in a situation where he can use me bigger? And we see that sacrifice and we see that we don't hold back. And we see that it's to the contrary of what we think. that whenever we don't hold back in our prayer time, whenever we don't hold back and let God's love fill our life, it prepares us for that place and for that time when it's our time to deliver the message that God has put on our heart, when it's our time to use our influence that he's given us, when it's our time to lay our sacrifice on the table and say, God, today I bring a sacrifice of praise unto you. I lay it on your altar and what you're causing me to do and what you're calling me to do, let me do it with a heart that's not concerned about what I sound like. But God, that you are my treasure, that what you ask me to do is important. And if we'll flip the script on that and we'll talk to our spouse and to our children and we'll bring that same kind of mentality that when we sit down with them, yeah, I'm giving you a sacrifice, I'm I'm doing something in my life to my wife or to my child, but they know that it's because they're my treasure. Uh I'm making that sacrifice for my neighbor and it causes them to think, I didn't know I could be anybody's treasure. I I didn't know that this is really what love feels like. And love has everything to do with it, doesn't it? And we get to that point where we're being led by love. And whether you're by, on the other side of the camera or whether you're listening to me in the audience, Maybe you're in that situation where you're like, I just don't know, Pastor Matt, if I can receive the love that you're talking about. I mean, I've never had the example. It's never been shown to me. I don't know if I've ever really felt that before. Well, today you heard the message and it's given to you in love that there's a Savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And we can feel a love like we've never felt before through our Father God. And it comes through the acceptance of Jesus Christ in our life. And that's the place where we begin. And we begin to receive that love. And this is the thing about that love. Now hear me on this. That's the thing about the love is yes, we accept it. But that same love that we accept is the same love that will change us. Our life should and will look differently. Because whenever we're allowing love to lead us. Because God is love and God calls us from our old life into our new life but we'll get to experience a a love that we've never experienced at a depth that we didn't even know is possible. And then that same thing that God's doing in us, he's gonna do through us. And you'll begin to reach people. You'll begin to talk to people. For my Christian brothers and sisters, I want you to know, you don't know how close you are. Whatever sacrifice that you're laying on the table, know that God sees it. And if you're doing it in love to honor him, know that there will be gain that comes from it because God wastes nothing. He doesn't waste our pain. He doesn't waste our tears. He doesn't waste our sacrifice. God has put that message on your heart and he's given you the influence that you need to carry out that message. Brother and sister, don't stop. You go back into that prayer room and I know that it hurts. I know that it's scary because that person has, has, has hurt you in some way or form or fashion and you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back to that situation. But no, you don't know how close you are. You go back into that place and you get filled up with God and we come out with that new love ready to pour out into humanity again. And I don't know what you're sacrificing, but I do know sacrifice hurts. Sacrifice causes tears. Sacrifice causes pain. Sacrifice means I say no to some stuff that I really want to do. And it's not that it's ungodly. I just can't do it because God's called me to this. And I want you to know, brother and sister, God sees. And he's going to move on your behalf. Who knows, your story could be that Stephen's story where generations to come because a sacrifice was made. There are many Christians to count for that. Would you bow with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.